happy to be here, brother. Yeah, man, it's been a while. It's been a long time, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's been a few, it's got to be a few years, isn't it? Two, two About years two at least. Years. I think we were in lockdown the last time that we got together. Yeah. Um, and now we now was you know we we were obviously a mastermind recently with our with our coach. So yeah, good to see you again, brother. Do you want to do a quick uh, intro to the world? Yeah, of course, man. So as as Greg was saying, my name's Chris Feekins, and I am a type two diabetic specialist. My area of expertise is helping specifically right now ladies. Um, to you know, help them lose 20 to 100 pounds plus, lower their A1C and achieve clinical remission, which is an A1C below 5.6 without the help of meds. So taking type 2 diabetes off as an active diagnosis. Yeah. Nice. I like that. And you've got some powerful knowledge to share on this whole subject. So there was a post you put out the other day which I love, by the way, and it said, there's no special diabetes diet. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So the reality is weight loss for someone with type 2 diabetes is identical to pretty much anyone else who wants to achieve weight loss. There really is no difference. Um, you know, the same rules apply, whether you count calories or not, calories still count. And yes, you know, there has to be a little bit of an emphasis on carbohydrates to some degree. But, you know, as long as the, the result of fat loss is achieved, then insulin resistance will be reduced and long term, you know, remission can be achieved. But, yeah, there's so much scaremongering around food. You know, a lot of the ladies that I work with, you know, not just my clients, but the ladies that, you know, I help in my in my free community, you know, they go to the doctors and they get diagnosed with pre-diabetes or type 2 diabetes. And it's, you know, sprung upon them that they can't eat, you know, bread. They can't eat rice, rice you know, don't eat anything that's white. <laughs> you know, demonizing. Racism. Food yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't eat any of these foods which let's be honest carbohydrates are some of the most highly palatable enjoyable foods you know that's somewhat subjective but most of us um you know i put a post out on my facebook you know a few months ago saying what's what's your one favorite food that you would struggle to give up and i had like 150 individuals comment and i counted them all and every single comment apart from two or three were carbohydrate dense foods like pasta, pizza, rice, bread. So whenever you tell a group of people that they can't eat those foods, then you're going to create a big issue, a big problem with adherence and not just adherence, but also, you know, that person's relationship with that food because they're still going to eat it at some point. When they eat it, they're going to feel, Pretty, pretty damn crappy. <laughs> and I think you just said a word there that is so big in my world too, because you know I help coach women as well, and it's adherence. Why is that so important? Yeah, because you know if it's going to take you, let's just say three, six, nine, twelve months for you to reach your goal, then you need an approach which you can actually stick to for that amount of time, right? And you know, that, that's not meant to sound scary either, you know, three, six, nine, 12 months, because, you know, time's going to pass either way, right? So what would you, what do you want to do with that time? But, 
yeah, it needs to be something that not only you can sustain until you actually achieve the end result, but also what do you learn in the process which you can then apply to maintaining the goal at which you achieve? Because this is one of the big problems with any conventional diet, you know, keto, paleo, Weight Watchers. The first problem is they are designed upon a set of rules. You can eat this. You can't eat that. That's what every conventional diet is you know, designed upon, right? You can eat this. You can't eat that. But the foods that you can't eat, yeah, those are some of your normal favorite foods, right? So good luck sticking to that. But even if you were a part of the you know, minority that does achieve the result following that approach, that's fantastic. You know, you've, you've achieved the result. That's good. But you're not going to eat that way forever. Why on earth would you? Yeah, so you get the diet, metaphorically speaking, you throw it in the bin. Mm, how how do you eat now? <laughs> well, you return back to what you know and what you know got you to where you were. And that might take months or years, but that's why the cycle of rebounds after dieting is so common. You know, on these, not just dieting, but these conventional diets is so common because it's not something that you can necessarily ap apply to the rest of your life. You just follow these rules, you get the result, and that's why it collapses. Got it. And is that the biggest issue that you've seen the ladies that come to work with you suffer from? Yes, definitely. It's it's trying to change, trying to take, trying to restrict and take too much away and trying to change too much too soon. Getting the life and turning it upside down and expecting to be able to stick to that, which, yeah. And is that because they're all trying to beat the system? They're trying to get this amazing weight loss, get off medication in 12 weeks, when actually, like you said, mm. some of them is going to take six months to a year. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. It's about trying to get it done as quickly as possible because it's miserable. <laughs> like trying to get to the end result as quick as possible because this absolutely sucks. You know, trying to trying to cut out this and that. You know, they know it's not sustainable. So, yeah, and they're you know obviously the, a lot of the ladies that I have, just like with you, you know, they're not happy with where they're at. You know, they might be, you know, they're, they're not happy with 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 what they currently experience. So sometimes there can be this big need rather than want, and whenever a goal is a need it creates a whole different perspective around the journey and how things look, you know, whenever something doesn't go as planned or whenever there's a hiccup or, you know, a stumble within the process, it's not just that, ah, oh, brush myself off. It's this huge world ending catastrophe where, you know, it then either leads to, you know, some strange, you know, binge and restrict cycle or, you know, they just downright quit because they can't do it. That's what they think. Yeah. And like you say, like words are so important. The word need kind of for me is always about desperation. Like I've got a list of things that I need to do. And they've been on that list for years. <laughs> but the things I want to do, they get done, right? Every day. Yeah, exactly. So how important is that for the ladies that you coached about how they speak to themselves? very important across the you know across the spectrum really you know what we're talking about here it's so important because you 
you need to be able to give yourself grace in these scenarios where things don't go as planned. You know, you need to be able to forgive yourself and be able to look, reflect upon that and really think about why it happened. First of all, you know, there's, there's three areas at which I like to look at with the ladies that, that I coach and the ladies that I help. If something doesn't go quite as planned, if something doesn't go to plan, there's usually one of these three reasons. It's, it's environment. Yeah, something in that moment triggered that decision, whether it be, you know, the pastries at work, the birthday cake that someone brings in. So, or, you know, the cookies on the counter at home. Yeah, so environment, it's you, not you all of the time, just you in that moment. So bored, stressed, emotional, tired. And last, last but not least, you and just things you're not good at yet. So you want to be able to reflect upon these three areas and be able to pinpoint what the actual trigger was so that you can work on, you know, adjusting those areas. Not so it never happens again, but just so it doesn't happen quite as often. Um, and the internal dialogue is really important around that as well, because if you're beating yourself up, telling yourself that I've failed, what's wrong with me, why can't I do this, then you're only going to continue down a spiral of making poor choices because that is how you are truly feeling about yourself. And you're not going to go ahead and make a great choice all the while that you're beating yourself up. So really what, what we're saying here to any ladies listening is all of this is a skill that can be learned with a good coach. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Exactly. All of this takes time. You know, it sounds incredibly simple. You know, me talking about this, but just like with any learned skill or learned behavior, it takes time. It takes repetitions. And, you know, sometimes you're going to do feel like you're absolutely flying and you're doing really well. And then other times you're going to feel like you take two, three steps back, but that's all right. That's okay. And and that's why I love that you're, you work with your women for such a long time where, you know, I'm in the same boat that my clients, when they come to work with me, we, we work for a long time. We're not going to just, hit you for 12 weeks, six weeks. Like, what do you think drives those six-week plans that people go for? Yeah, it's the, it's the sexy packaging, isn't it? You know, this is what we can achieve in six weeks. And, you know, the, 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 the action that is required in order for you to achieve those results in such a short period of time likely isn't going to be sustainable for the next six weeks after those initial first six weeks um but yeah it's, it's the way they're marketed as, as we all know fitness is a it's an absolute mess when it comes to marketing <laughs> you know you've got people pushing you know these carnivore diets you know plants are poison <laughs> vegetables are killing you um you know all of that stuff so you, you made some faces when you talk about fitness marketing have you got some gripes about it <laughs> especially with the ladies that i coach absolutely yeah go on yeah. share some of those so, so the yeah. ladies can, can hear what yeah. you got it's you know keto is the only way the only way to lose weight and achieve remission you must you know you you must be tracking your you know your 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 insulin must be below you know you cannot you can't spike insulin you know more than once a day <laughs> all of this rubbish yeah for anyone watching um, or listening to this, you won't see my my facial expressions. But as Chris said, 
about spiking insulin, I had to cover my face. Because let's be honest, Chris, the truth is, if you don't spike insulin, there's a good chance you're going to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we um we spoke about this when we saw each other last. You know, there's all this, you know, you carbohydrates cause fat gain because they cause a spike in insulin, right? That's what people say. That's not true. However, protein also causes a spike in insulin. So why doesn't protein cause could cause fat gain too? You know, there's so much misalignment within these claims and these beliefs, it's 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 just wild. And what people don't also realize that they're actual in regards to the people that I help, there are real um, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? There are studies out there which are reliable human studies. That's the word I was looking for. Reliable, because that's key. <laughs> there's lots of studies out there. Not every study is reliable. <laughs> okay, there's studies out there that claim that you know, all kinds of wild things, but there are reliable human studies that have shown that you can actually lose weight and achieve remission with type 2 diabetes with a high carb diet <laughs> with a high carb diet and that goes against everything that every you know doctor tells my clients and this isn't like my this isn't my opinion this isn't my theory this is actual data that is out there like this is true hard facts <laughs> it's possible yeah um so there's, there's so much misinformation out there so your job as a coach and our jobs generally as a co are, as coaches is to unravel those stories that people have got in their heads that says, hey, do you know what? You can have a little bit of cake if you want. Like nothing's going to happen to you. You'll be you'll be OK, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's to my, to my clients all the time. Like there is actual there is actually a, a benefit to overconsumption sometimes when i say overconsumption i mean over you know the dietary goals that we've got set yes you know you maybe did consume a little bit more than what you intended to maybe you did enjoy a glass of wine and a piece of cake but there are there are positives and advantage advantages to doing so because if you don't what is the cost of not doing it long term you know how do you feel by always saying no to those things, I can't do this, I can't do that. That is just chipping away every time at your whole, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's chipping away at, it almost like creates, I don't like this, this phrase, but it almost creates diet pressure, right, over time. And how much of that pressure is built up before you just say, can't do this anymore, it's too difficult. So, you know, indulging maybe what you would perceive as being a bit too much every now and then is actually okay. It's good. It's healthy, balanced. Yeah, it's normal. You don't need to indulge. You know, I had a client recently actually, and I, she was like, oh, I don't want to eat ice cream. And I said, all right, what we're going to do, we're going to put ice cream into my fitness pal every day for the week. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm like, yeah, we're going to put it in every day. Yeah. She only ate ice cream like twice that week. Because there are days when you feel like ice cream and days when you don't, and that's okay. Yeah. So in your in your coaching, you're more of a, well, you're a nutrition expert. I know you're a geek like me, but you're trying to sort out the big issue in people's heads. Mm. So how do you do that? Yeah, so this is a little bit different for everyone, really. But um, I always like to say weight gain 
And you know whether it's whether you're type two diabetic or not, weight gain and type two diabetes is a symptom of you. It's a symptom of your lifestyle, your habits, and your beliefs. Those things are the reason why you are where you are. And that doesn't mean you know you're broken. There's nothing wrong with you. That's just human behaviour. All right. And um, when I say lifestyle habits and beliefs, what I'm you know really referring to is you know your relationship with food. Now, have you got, do you experience guilt after eating certain foods? You know, your level of preparation, time management, self-worth, you know, self-worth is, you know, if you find yourself constantly making the poorer choice and always struggling to commit to you and the process, then it could be that there's a deep rooted, whether you're even conscious of this or not, that there is a deep rooted conflict with self-worth and how you feel about yourself and like i said that might not even be conscious you might not be able to put that into words right now but you know that very often lays quite deep at the depth of our subconscious based upon you know whatever's happened in the past and the stories that you've told yourself based upon that and then you know the beliefs that you then reenact and externalize into the into the real world got it got it so here's a question for you. If if you're a type 2 diabetic, does that mean you have to do some intermittent fasting? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I would say maybe somewhere maybe somewhere around three quarters of the ladies that I coach intermittent fast. The other quarter don't because it doesn't suit their lifestyle doesn't suit their schedule, doesn't suit their personal preference. Maybe they just want to eat breakfast. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. They're not at a hindrance or or anything like that. Um, but no, it's not it's not necessary. It's a tool that you can use to help if it suits. And that's it. You know, there's this, you know, all these are the we've we've laughed about this in the past, haven't we? But all of these claims that 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 are, you know, related to intermittent fasting that just don't exist autophagy yeah <laughs> like, yeah for example autophagy i think this is a good topic because you probably you know the ladies who are listening probably heard that but if i recall the study it showed you your autophagy didn't actually increase until you were like 72 hours into a fast <laughs> so yeah. you've you got to go three days fasting before your autophagy kicks up again yeah yeah it's crazy isn't it so but people get sold all of these mm -hmm. these um these stories funny enough, yeah. as we keep yeah. talking about it these stories got it so this has really helped the 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 ladies get to know you a bit better have you got a coach yeah i've got a coach so, so why does a coach have a coach why does a coach have a coach why does uh, Usain Bolt have a coach, right? So there's always some get getting a another getting an unbiased third party view on the things that you do is so important if you want to move forwards in the most you know efficient way possible. Um, you know, I as coaches, you know, in, to some degree, we have experienced in we, we experience some of the same you know challenges that our clients experience just in a different 
just in a different world. Um, so it's important to have, you know, someone there that knows exactly what we want to achieve so that they can set out a clear path for us to be able to follow, just like we do with the ladies that we coach. And it's someone that can see your blind spots because that's, that's you know, it's really funny because obviously I coach ladies who are generally kind of that perimenopausal age and yeah, the first thing that gets it, Greg, you're not, you're not a woman. How would you understand? I'm like, I understand it and I can empathize. I won't experience it, but it means yeah. I can see your blind spots and it's the same for you, I guess. Yeah. You can see these ladies' blind spots. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Got it. And then, so when when your clients are coming to you, what are the kind of things that they say stop them from losing weight? Mm, yeah, good one. So um, putting others before themselves. So a lot of the ladies that I coach are somewhere between 45 and 70. You know, pretty much all of them have got families off the top of my head, children, grandkids. And for the last how many decades... Um, you know, they've been putting the rest of the family before them. I think it's they have this 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 guilt whenever they feel like they're prioritizing them, which is a fallacy. We know that's not actually true. Mm -hmm. Um that's the big one, putting others before them. Time is another, which is another fallacy because you've all got time, that's the truth. You just don't know how to simplify the process so that it doesn't require tons of time and energy. Because losing weight and, you know, especially the ladies I coach, lowering their A1C doesn't require tons of time. Well, it, it, this is always <laughs> something I say to people where I'm like, the same amount of time it takes you to eat a pizza is the same time it takes you to eat some chicken and a nice veg, veg-filled meal. Yeah. Time is the same. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you already go shopping once a week. It's not like you'll never go shopping and you're eating takeaway or takeout you know breakfast lunch and then you're already going shopping so you're still going shopping you know you're still cooking meals you know even if right now you're someone who isn't cooking your meals then you know you haven't got to sit down and prepare you know a recipe with an instruction list of two pages you know you can cook very tasty easy meals in 10 to 20 minutes 10 to 20 minutes easy you don't even got to be there watching it you know you can go and do whatever else it doesn't take much time um especially if you evaluate perhaps where you are spending your time elsewhere. <laughs> so, Cause I do this with my clients, right? I'll sit with them with their calendar because uh, my ladies are generally business owners, et cetera, business leaders, but I'll sit with them and go through their calendar. And it's so interesting to see the stuff that they've got booked in. You're like, what are you doing that for? Oh, it's just something I've always done. Do you see those kind of things? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's to, to, to piggyback on that, you know, time and how they spend their time. Um, you know, sleep is a big problem. And the reason why is because there's this whole like getting revenge on the day type thing. You know, it's 9, 10 p.m. I've had a tough, somewhat stressful, overwhelming, tiring day. And this is their time. So then they sit in the in front of the telly for an hour and a half. So the two things, I, you know, there's time there being spent, but also there's, you know, a lack of sleep, which then rolls over into the next day, ghrelin's through the roof, appetite's through the roof, energy's down here, you know, so, yeah. So sleep is a big one. 
want to eat chocolate like Slimer from Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, whatever challenges that they come up with. So you've said time, um, putting others first. What else is there? Yeah, I've got sleep. Um, many of the ladies that I speak to have had in the past challenges with reaching for food when feeling stressed or emotional. Um, you know, many of the ladies that I speak to will say, I am an emotional eater, which first of all is a very um very detrimental statement to even you know leave your mouth because i am is almost like definitive it is it identifies you in many ways this is who i am this is what i do and that is very difficult to then move away from so um i like to reframe that as i'm not an emo i am i am not an emotional eater i've got a in the past i have reached for food when feeling stressed or emotional or i have the tendency to reach for food when feeling stressed or emotional very subtle but one is i have done this one is i am and this is who i am um so that that's a big one that's a big one for me is helping them move through that because reaching for food when feeling stressed or emotional is it's habitual it's a learned behavior as much as people don't like to admit that it's a habit and breaking a habit takes time it takes takes time breaking the connection and that learned behavior could be established from whenever you know it could be when you were four or five years old and you're upset and you're crying and your mom goes oh i have this have this this ice lull or this big sweet this candy and that's like harmless in the moment all mm. that actually does is builds you know a connection between feeling emotional food and you know if that repeats and before you know it you've got this well-established you know, trigger between emotion and food. And that's becomes your coping mechanism for that. Well, the pathways of your brain, and this is how skill partly is done, is that the neurons in your brain knit together if, if everything's going through the same pathway. So if you always reach for chocolate or lollipop every time you get a bit upset about something, it's going to be inbuilt. But like we said, I think emotional eating for me is, it's a skill it's a skill that you've designed to cope with whatever yeah. to give you a temporary hit of dopamine. Yeah. 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 So how do you handle that with clients? So <clears throat> first of all, it's changing the, 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 the language. That's the first point. You are not an emotional eater. That is not who you are. You've just had the tendency to reach for food when feeling emotional. That's the first thing. Um, the second thing would be, um creating some space in that moment because whenever you are feeling stressed or emotional you're in a very reactive state okay right so we want to try and shift from being reactive to being a bit more proactive and we're not really you might be knowing that you shouldn't be eating you know this pack of mary lang cookies but you eat it anyway right and you just go to the cupboard and you just do it whereas if you can just stop in that moment Ask yourself three questions. Yeah, acknowledge how you're feeling in this moment. How how am I feeling? Am I stressed? Am I bored? Am I emotional? Okay. If this if this tube of Girl Scout cookies, say that because my American audience was a handful of nuts, would I still want it? Am I still hungry? Basically, yeah. And last but not least, in two hours, will I be happy with my choice to eat this? No, absolutely not. I'm going to feel awful now. This is not waterproof. It's a little bit gimmicky. But if you can stop in that moment and create some mindfulness 
around it and really think about it. If that helps 50% of the time, then that's going to be incredibly, incredibly helpful. But there's there's lots of ways of tackling this, for sure. you got adding Cool Whip. Say that again. Cool Whip. It's a... Uh, cool yeah, the American cream version, isn't it? So, Girl, Girl Scout cookies and cool whip for our ladies. Listen to this show. Keith <laughs> is going to be proud of you, proud of us. <laughs> so, and uh, now I've just blown my whole train of thought. Do you know when that happens? Really, you're like, yeah, that's oh, it. I'm going to jump in and give him that. Cool. So, what about exercise? Because obviously, that's potentially a big barrier for many people um yeah. they, they feel like they've got a lot to lose and and stuff what's how, how do you deal with that so um approaching the the topic of exercise first of all you've got to understand that there is no best type of exercise the best exercise you do the best type of exercise is the exercise that you do end of yeah end of if yes you could argue that weight training has got these benefits with you know maintaining muscle mass bone density and all these other things yeah but if you try and get someone to weight train who hates weight training then it's 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 a waste of time anyway yeah so the first focus is finding something that you at least enjoy if you don't enjoy anything that's fine something that you tolerate doing and it's important to start gently too because whenever this applies to any goal setting or intentions. Big problem is people set these huge lofty goals that rely on motivation to get done. And the problem with that is no one is motivated every single day. So what happens when you try and hit 10,000 steps tomorrow and you don't feel like it, you're not going to. Now, I am not motivated all day, every day. The ladies we coach are not motivated all, all day, every day. So how are they able to get those, those, those results? Olympic athletes are not motivated all day, every day. So how do they go training every day it's because it's just something that they do because it's something that is so deeply engraved in their identity that you require tons of motivation so over time that is what we want to achieve so start so easy it's unfailable five minute walk new lunch break be specific can't just say i'm going to walk five minutes today because that's going to rely on schedule finding the right time remembering is it going to be straight before work on your lunch break? As soon as you get home from work, before dinner, straight after dinner, whenever, mm. doesn't matter. But yeah, that's the general kind of, that's how I like to approach exercise, trying to find something that the person enjoys or at least tolerates doing and then starting off gently because, you know, there's there's so many benefits to exercise. You know, the ladies are coach, blood sugars on top of that for everyone else. You know, obviously you've got, yeah, I've got uh, maintaining uh, muscle mass, bone density, cholesterol, blood pressure, mood, energy, sleep. You know, I could go on all day, but the reality is when it comes to fat loss, it's insignificant alone. It's insignificant. It's like taking a rubber mallet to or a rubber hammer to you know, demolish a brick wall. It's just going to keep bouncing off the brick wall. It's inefficient. Yeah, you're going to make um, dents in it. Yeah, yeah. Unless you address the diet. I'm going to argue with you on motivation. Go on. I personally believe, and I've seen that everyone's motivated. Mm -hmm. What I think often is the problem is that the goal isn't emotional enough for them. They're not emotionally involved. Because we've all seen it, right? How many times have me and you had to do things for work and for clients 
and we ain't motivated but because we've got a bigger dream we're like yeah we're gonna get it done yeah. or we've got our coach on our back with a little message going wait have you done your have we you done what you gotta do yeah, didn't that yeah didn't that yeah 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 that is true that is true yeah i think you've got to have an emotional anchor towards towards that result um yeah, I guess I guess you could all you you could you could all almost um you could almost define motivation in a few different ways, couldn't you? But this is why with the ladies that we work with, you know, we the one of the first things we do is establish why they're even here. Why you're here. What's the point? Because if there is no reason, then I can't help you because you can't you're not ready to help yourself yet. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. I think there's been this thing that with getting a personal trainer or getting a PT or getting a coach, whatever you decide to do, like we can't do the work for you. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure you felt the same where someone maybe hasn't ever had a result, and but that's actually because we wanted it more than they did. Yes. Yeah, and that's easy as a coach because we're so invested in what we do and we enjoy it so much that. Every now and then you can't help getting the few that maybe aren't quite as interested as you. <laughs> that, does, that happens. That happens. Does it hurt you as well, like me, when um when clients don't respond to stuff? I'm yeah. like, what's yeah. going on? Are they all right? Are they alive? What have I did? What have I done wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. See, see, see ladies listening to this, we care. Us coaches care. We we want the best for you. But you've got to want it more than than we do. Once we mm-hmm. got for sure. We so, want it a lot. You want to want it a lot more than us. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> hey, Chris has just dropped the hammer on that one. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Go read that again. Listen to that again. A lot. So just talk to us about what your programs are. What have you got? Well, how can people reach out and go, this guy sounds like he can help me? Where what what what's your program? Yeah, so my biggest presence in regards to where you can find me is, is Facebook, um, to be honest. Um, in regards to how we coach people, um, our flagship program is a one-to-one coaching program, pretty much. Um, there is a group aspect to it, um, but it is still very much very much still one-to-one. Um, you know, that's like a bespoke, daily, handheld one-to-one coaching you know, where we're with that person every single day from the day that we start to the day that we finish, you know, we track everything, you know, in parts that I track everything and give them daily feedback on food, dietary. I'm in their pocket every day, basically. Um, and then that other coaching program is something which is being released um, on the 15th of May. Okay. For those of you that listen in the future, 15th of May, 2023, uh, which is, um, our one-to-one coaching program is called the Diabetes Inner Circle. And this new coaching program is the Diabetes Membership. So it's a, you know, it's a it's a low financial investment program, you know, $7 a month, uh, where we give, where I get all of my knowledge, put it into one place and put it through a coaching program that is easily followed with, you know, obviously no one-to-one coaching involved, but there is still, you know, support group and Q&As and things like that. Sounds yeah. awesome. Got one question before we go that I think every woman probably wants to help. So if I'm one of your ladies, I'm like Chris, 
I'm eating in a calorie deficit, but I'm not losing weight. <laughs> I'd say, unfortunately, you're not in a calorie deficit. <laughs> even if you think you are, even if um, you're tracking everything that you eat and you're eating 1,400 calories, well, that's what your tracking says, you're not, and that's not, you know, a, a dig at you or anything like that. I'm not saying you are intentionally lying. Okay, there could be some things that maybe don't make their way in, but I'm not saying you're intentionally lying. What I'm saying is you need to be more accurate. Weigh and measure, use the barcode feature, input everything that you eat. You know, you've also got to bear in mind that there's a 20% room for error on nutritional labels, especially in America. So there's always that. Um, but yeah, there was a study that found that they had a group of people, participants, into a room across three days. They had to track what they ate, and they underreported on average by 429 calories a day. Now, that's the difference between staying the same weight or losing pretty much a pound a week. <laughs> that's significant. Obviously, you know, there are conditions, you know, uh, there are things like hypothyroidism, which can lead to a reduction in base or metabolic rate, reduction in metabolism, and therefore can make it more challenging, but that person can still lose weight and obviously especially with medication that's available nowadays if you are properly medicated that's actually not going to have barely any negative impact on, on fat loss so basically ladies you need the calorie deficit to lose weight whether you're counting calories or not calories still count <laughs> well it's, it's that classic of what you do in private shows in public yeah yeah like you can't yeah, like that yeah you can have that one, brother. Um, <laughs> you see a post on my Facebook tomorrow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what's, credit? what's some credit? Chris Feeson. <laughs> what's some credit? In the comments, we'll be fine. In the comments. <laughs> so this has been awesome to, to catch up with you, man, and keep sharing the love. Um, just a quick question. How are you training at a minute? What's your, what's your, how do you train? Yeah, so training five days a week at the minute with an upper lower split. So upper, uh, upper three times. So a push focused, a pull focused. No, so a chest focused. Sorry, a pull focused and a shoulder focused. And then two lower body days. One's a squat day and one's an RDL day. Yeah, swap it around. Good. I've been I've been following exactly, and this is what I I believe everyone should do. Don't don't swap it around too often. But I've been following this same program for got to be twelve months, so I'm due to have a little bit of a swap round now. To be honest, um, but for you ladies listening, don't change your workout every week. Oh yeah, that myth. <laughs> that myth of I've got to change my workout every four weeks. No, have oh. the same one and get really good at those same movements for months, <laughs> not weeks. I mean months and months. But Chris, you're not selling it enough. You've got to sell it some more. You've got to sell it. You're going to be oh, not confusing the body. Yeah, you got to... <laughs> like, this is a really this is a really good point. Um confusing the muscles and all the rest of it. Like the muscle really only knows one stimulus, really. Yeah. It's like extend and contract. Yeah. Extend under load, contract under load. That's that's literally it. It can't do anything else. But this whole body confusion thing is just Makes me a bit sick. I feel a bit sick when that happens. That's a that's a high row this time, not a low row. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it is crazy though, isn't it? How 
again, trying to change things all the time. It, and it's ironic because you've probably done the same habits for a long time to get where you are. And now yeah. you, yeah, this doesn't quite compute, does it? No, no, no. But um, yeah, I don't, like we said, I'm, I'm, I'm nursing a little bit of a niggly shoulder at the minute. It's getting better though. It's getting better. So. Looking after it. Looking after it. Good, yeah. you had some brick loving on it recently, so it's just right. <laughs> so where can people find you? If they want to learn more about your knowledge and they want to get off meds, how do they? Yeah, so come and come and find me on on Facebook, um, Chris Beacons. I've also got a a free group, a support group, a community with almost six thousand individuals in it, which is which is pretty cool. Um, and honestly, pretty much everything that I coach is inside that group. You can go in there and find it all. Um, I generally believe everything that you could ever need to lose weight and achieve your goals of remission is quite literally there in that group. It's just you need to do it, which is often where you need to get a coach. You know what to do, you're just not doing it. (laughs) (laughs) That immortal line, isn't it? I know what to do, but I'm not doing it. And That's the hardest thing. Well, I know what to do. Easy. Google, Facebook, YouTube, it's everywhere. All the information you need is there. The problem isn't knowing what to do. Some people are misinformed, don't get me wrong, but the problem isn't always knowing what to do. It's just you need to know how to implement it in a consistent manner for the next however long. Rest of your life. Yeah. yeah. Rest of your life. Cool. Thanks, brother. It's been a pleasure. Um, So, ladies, if you're diabetic and you want some help from Chris, then check out the links in the show notes. Hit the review button. Give us a five-star rating on on Apple. And we'll see you on the next side, on the other side. With Thank some... you for having me, man. Anytime, man. It's, it's been a long time. It's been good to catch up. I feel, like, I feel like I speak to you more now, which is good. I feel good now. I've had my first in. This is I'm not on Facebook anymore. I'm like, oh. I feel a bit lost over on LinkedIn myself. Yeah, man, good to have you. And um, it'd be good to have you back at some point as well. Yeah, of course. Be happy. I'd be happy to be back. We'll give a shout out to a special someone, by the way. Lisa. Hello, Lisa. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> so, so just what what I mean by that. So ladies, um <laughs> client of Chris's who's awesome. Yeah, uh, she is. Good soul, but she's been Chris's client for like how many years now? Or three, four years or something down there. Yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a little while. Yeah, yeah. She's changed massively since you've been working with her. So absolutely. Chris knows. Chris knows his stuff, ladies. So (laughs) on that note, we'll catch you on the other side. Talk soon.